Welcome to the Hull Team and Mark Show, and today I am talking to... You can introduce yourself, sir. Matt Bioli, founder, lead investigator of Gateway Paranormal, and Casey Boatwright, co-founder and lead tech slash camera of Gateway Paranormal. And what exactly do you do? Can you explain it to the listeners who don't know? So we go to the most haunted places in America, mostly the southeast of America, and we investigate the paranormal. We try to document any paranormal activity in uh, said locations to be haunted, and whether that's either we're trying to disprove it being haunted or we're trying to actually prove somewhere is haunted, but either way, we're going with a scientific approach to try to uh, further paranormal research. Where is the scariest place you've ever been or felt uneasy? I would say... I mean, we're going off. Felt uneasy probably Wilden Manor on that one. Yeah, Wilden Manor in Kentucky. Yeah, that place is, uh, 
The place has changed a lot. I mean, we've gone there before, and it's, uh, I mean, it's always active, but sometimes the activity lasts until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and last time it was incredibly active and stopped at midnight. So, but the last time was a lot more negative than the first time, and I think it's because they're starting to kind of get used to us. And, you know, it's, it's just a crazy location. You said that you do it by the scientific way of looking into the paranormal. Um, what, can you explain to me what kind of things you would do? Say you were looking into an investigation, how would you do it? So, for example, uh, a location that we investigate a lot is Hales Bar Dam in Gill, Tennessee. So we've gotten the highest EMF readings we've ever gotten at that place. And we try to, you know, disprove what could be given that EMF field, that EMF reading off. So, you know, obviously that's generated from the earth, but more so a lot of people will get readings like that off of wiring and, you know, components like that, but the thing about Hell's Bar Dam is there's no electrical in that place at all, so it should not be given a reading like that, but on the flip side, you go to Wilton Manor, and you got a high reading, there's also electricity that runs through that place, so we have to make sure we're uh, checking the walls and checking any outlets that are around, because you know, that could be a false reading, but also, if something's giving off a high EMF field, it might, you know, begin to start making people think that there's paranormal activity there when there's not because of that, uh, I guess, uh, I'm having a brain fart. I mean, essentially, essentially anything we find, <laughs> evidence-wise, uh, you know, videos, pictures, Stuff like that. We're going to do everything we can to absolutely disprove it because my goal in the paranormal world is to go to these places and, you know, have, we have, we hear all these accounts of, oh, this place is the most haunted place here, this place is the most haunted place here, and, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm a negative person, but I want to disprove that, you know, I, I, I believe 100% in the paranormal, but at the same time, I'd also have no problem saying, you know, oh, you caught these metal spikes all, all through this building, that's because it has exposed wire everywhere. You know, we, we, we don't we don't want to discredit anybody, but we also got to do, so. I understand. I think that's a good thing to do, because, as you say, you've got to go in there with a little bit of uh, negativity, because you mustn't go in there too, too absolutely convinced that everything is gospel, as they would say. Absolutely. I find that a lot, a lot more, a lot of more paranormal groups that I talk to are doing exactly the same now. They, they're all coming to the same conclusion that they shouldn't go in there with a, a closed mind. They should open their mind up a little bit and say, oh, this could be this, like you said about the wires. Because, because, because of, um, spirits are connected normally to a electrical type of energy, not electrical energy as itself, but a lot of other people think it's some other kind of energy as well, don't they? I can't think of his name at the moment, but... 
that's just the, the whole reason I think we all do this is, you know, I think that every group wants to be the first group that actually proves this stuff is 100% real or this is the type of energy that it puts out or anything like that. That's, that's what they want. You know, and I think if, I think if you're in this field to, to not do that, I mean, if you just want to see something cool, then you're not really helping the progress of our field of, of, of people taking us seriously. As soon as you have concrete evidence that nobody can refute or dispute, excuse me, um, you know, you're, you're essentially the first professional in the paranormal world. That's, it's paranormal investigators from ghost hunters. Yeah. Is, there are plenty of people that are out there just to get an experience, and I love it. It's great. That's awesome that those people are doing that. But there's also people that are paranormal investigators like ourselves that are trying to, like I said earlier, document evidence and try to uh, document anything that will further the research for the paranormal. Do, do you um, go along with the theories that um, most people either think that ghosts are either like a video playback, you know, like you, it's kept a time, a bit captured in time, I can't think of what the name is now. Or that Still type theory. Yeah, yeah. And then the Federal other, spirits. And, and then the other one is that we are tuned into the spirits because it's either the spirits that stay behind because they don't want to move on, or they uh, want to stay with their loved ones, or the what we technically bad side of it, the ones that want to persecute people for something because they don't they, they, they believe they've been wronged or something like that. Right. Well, I think for, for me, I try to entertain all of those theories. And you know, the stone tape theory, which you're talking about, the the residual energy that's just playing back over and over and over again. We've experienced that, and it makes me more curious, you know, more than more so than intelligent haunts. You know, an intelligent haunt, you have a couple different options that you can say, well, they're here because of this or this, but, you know, something that's replaying this day-to-day actions and doesn't know it's here is more intriguing to me you know I can't I don't want to say it's more intriguing than an intelligent haunt because I love intelligent haunts and you know they can give help give us answers and uh, reasonings to why they're there but the residual haunts the you know going off of stone tape theory it's very confusing but interesting to me because you know this this energy, this person has died, but their energy is still replaying itself. So, you know, why is it doing that? Why is it, why did it decide to come back here to do this and all that stuff? So that's one of my biggest goals right now that I've been really focusing on for my personal research is these residual haunts. But um, as far as why they're here, you know, we collectively as a team have multiple theories on that uh one of my one of my theories is it's some sort of you know some form of purgatory uh, or you know 
I'm a Christian, so you know, some a lot of my beliefs come off of that, but also a lot of my beliefs come scientifically. So, scientifically speaking, you can't destroy energy. Our bodies are made up. Our bodies are made up of energy. So, for someone to flat out say, no, there can't be a ghost because, or a spirit, is a little ridiculous because our energy can't be destroyed. So the energy has to go somewhere and manifest itself into something. Uh, that's one way, but also, you know, my beliefs uh, religiously is some form of purgatory or uh, maybe people waiting on the rapture of, you know, Jesus Christ coming back. I don't know. We have different theories. I don't know. Casey's probably has, you know, some kind of different theory on that. Yeah, I mean, my, my theory, my theory is that spirits that you see or that we can investigate with and communicate with in my personal opinion um they're spirits that were taken too early way before our time um you see bad spirits and good spirits and i feel like at the end of your life depending on the life you led the life you chose to to, to be a part of is, is what kind of spirit you'll be in the afterlife and um now obviously there's a difference between evil spirits and or excuse me bad, bad spirits and evil spirits because as we know, some spirits are just, you know, not, not they're not, not friendly, they're not, they don't want to talk to you, they don't want you around, and then you have evil spirits that you'll encounter that you can smell the sulfur when you walk in the room, you can, we had an instance a few weeks ago where uh, we smelled the sulfur and then heard hoofs coming down a, an abandoned tunnel, and I was like, alright, well I'm going to go and get out of this place before I get killed. <laughs> Have you had any personal paranormal experiences yourself that led you to want to look into the paranormal field? I mean, I've always been interested. I, as a young child, I mean, I'm, I'm only 27 right now, and um, from times when I was a child, and I'd see the shows like Ghost Hunters and stuff like that was a big thing. And then, you know, I joined the Army when I was 17, went to Iraq when I was 19, and I, there were some things over there that just kind of were weird to me, and I've always been interested in it. And uh, finally, Matt and I have been friends since we were 14, and uh, we decided it's time to go try to figure out what's really going on, and that's, that's what we're doing now is, I know he's had a lot of personal experiences, and that's pretty much why I follow him around, I mean, he's a, he's a hotbed for stuff to, to manifest, they, uh, for some reason when he's around, they want to communicate with him, and I'm just there to capture it and document it. Myself, I was, my personal experiences stemmed off of a child um, living in a house, had a lot of activity in it, and, uh, it, you know, being a child, it would terrify me to death, but got very curious to know what is this experience that I'm having, like, what is going on, so, uh, I hit the library up, got some books, any kind of books that I could find on it, and realized that I wasn't the only person experiencing this, and uh, had another experience at a different house that I lived in, and then I joined another team and started doing this professionally, and that team did not work out. They sh shut down operations, so I had to go find another team. And uh, 
same thing. So now I decided to start my own team, and we are uh, heavily going at it. We uh, we investigate a whole lot. We're doing as much as we can to not only gather evidence and uh, show what we're doing to anybody that's interested, but uh, you know any kind of shows like these or um, events we can do to let people know who we are. So that's kind of where this all stemmed off of. Well, I go into paranormal because I was in a coma some time, some years ago, because I had a, a blood sugar of one, two, four. And I, uh, while I was in a coma, I heard a woman's voice I've not heard before or since, and they told me to wake up. No, the, the, the strongest over feeling I've ever had to wake up. Now, it could have been my brain playing tricks. I accept that because the brain can um, create illusions for you when you're in that state. Right. Uh, but I do believe it was either a spirit guide or what you call a golden angel. And whilst I was in a coma, I do believe that I was either in the real world or the other world. That's very interesting. It is. Well, I love hearing. Uh, I love hearing any kind of experiences like that. It's it's incredible to me that to know that we're gaining communication back from the spirit world. You know, a lot of us are out here trying to get communication, but it's a little different when they try to communicate with you. So it's very very intriguing to me that, that that type of stuff happens. It's, it's pretty cool. And also, I, always, I, I am a great believer that animals are very, very perceptive to ghosts and spirits. Because <laughs> dogs will often just sit there looking at space to us. We had, a, we had an instance some time ago when we, our dog was at um, Alive, oh, uh, little shit suit. Um, one day, somebody fed it, fed him, and water, there was water there. Now, it wasn't my wife, it wasn't me, and it definitely wasn't my stepson. Oh, and we don't know if we, it was just us or we forgot, or someone physically came in and did it. I mean, I'm not saying it's true because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not certain about that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, though. I think one of the things I heard about animals recently and, you know, one of the theories that's out there why they're uh, susceptible to the spirit world, and it was a good theory, was the fact that they're colorblind. They see in black and white, so they should be able to see these spirits better than we would just because it would be... Basically, a, they'd see the figure of it instead of, you know, like us, we'd have to use different filters and lenses and lights and all kinds of different stuff to capture an entity. But, you know, that's one of the theories out there. I don't, I'm not sure how they do it. Obviously, I'm not, a, I'm not an animal, but uh, I definitely believe that that is for sure, you know, they're very susceptible to the spirit world and can sense that very well. And also, I, I'm, I think that when we was like cavemen and, and we were more 
natural world, and as we become more modernised, that part of our brain is still with us, but it doesn't always connect, and I think that that sometimes is what the spirits tap into, that part of the brain that's still there. Oh, yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, what they call, technically call someone coming is cold reading. I'm not saying that every, they, or everybody does that, but there is a lot that do that. Yeah, there are, and then there's, like we were saying, there's some that are absolutely amazing at what they do, and there's some that just kind of fake it, unfortunately, but, um, you know, luckily, and it's the same thing with the paranormal field, I mean, there's people that are in this field that are really dedicated to the craft and uh, really strive to, that they can for this field, and then there's others are just out here to do it because they think it's cool or something. Of course, and they make them a bunch of money real quick. Yeah. And, um, that's just not, that's just not us, and there's a lot of people out there that aren't like that, unfortunately, but... Well, I blame, um, the, uh, ghost shows for that, because everybody sees them, and they always see, like... Oh, yeah. The, the, the classic is, you're in a room, it's dark, and someone's told them, about the building, say, about a murder. Right, so it's already in your head that there's something creepy in there. You know, like you, you know, you know when you watch a horror film and there's something, there's a build-up to the story and you've got it in your head and then suddenly you'll say, oh, I've heard something. And even if you haven't heard it, you don't want to seem that you, you're an idiot. So you pretend that you've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you have to be careful with that yourself sometimes when you go to the um, places that you go to. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, we... Uh... I, I, I think that's... You watch these ghost shows, and I don't really think that these people that are on the ghost shows necessarily lie or pretend to be something they're not. You know, because... Obviously, we would want to keep it as real as we possibly could. I mean, or not, not as possibly. We want to keep it as real as it is. Um, the problem is, is you go to this ghost show, then you start getting all these people that say, I want this to happen, I want this to happen. Oh, tell this medium to say, you know, there's a demon in this place and all this stuff. And it's like, I understand the public wants to see exciting things, but they need to realize not every investigation is evil, not every investigation is going to have any kind of evidence at all. And that's, and that's, that's my big problem with ghost shows nowadays, is there's no... Because when I first started watching Ghost Hunters, there was episodes where we didn't really get anything. But now, um, a lot of these new ones, all of a sudden it's, you know, an axe murderer lived in this house and killed 300 people, and he's also a demon now. And that's every single episode. It's like, well, that's not true, so... I definitely don't. I definitely think they have the the right intentions when they when they make a ghost show. I just think when the producers or whoever the director sees that it's not all super fun and super exciting, they're kind of like, oh, we got to beat this up a little bit. Do you think that um, there is such a thing as demons? I do believe that, they, uh, like everything, there's good and evil in the world. Absolutely. We, uh, we we we've come face to face with. I'd say a couple now. And they're nasty when they want to show their face. They're nasty. Yeah. Because obviously we've got the... The, the, the classic I can think of is the film The Exorcist, which is based on a true event. Um, 
Some people I have talked to believe the person, the child involved, may have had experienced some sort of child abuse or something like that. And that's why it could have been that. Well, I'm not too sure about that theory. But, um... The stuff, the stuff that I've looked into and, and, and um... Research, you know, a lot of a lot of the time, when, a lot of the times when demons um, attach to somebody or start the possession processes, when certain things, certain certain bad things happen in their life, a lot of these demons they feed off sadness and depression, and you know, you and your wife are fighting, and you just don't care anymore, or something like child abuse. She may have she may have been abused, but it may have just led, it may have just opened the door. You know, maybe she got abused and said, I'm done with this, I need help. And the wrong thing heard. Hmm. Uh, um, as I say, I don't... I, 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 I like... I'll try not to be offensive, because I know you're Christians. Um, I do believe there is a God, but I think God is like a, a, an energy. Same as the devil is like an energy. That exists because... There has to be an equilibrium in the world. You can't have one without the other. You know I agree. My point exactly. Um, you know, and that's and that's the craziest. I think that's the craziest thing about our team because, you know, Matt, like he said, he's he's a Christian, strong in his faith. I'm I'm pretty much the exact opposite. I mean, I'm not a. I don't go to church. I don't. I don't believe in a God. I mean, I believe there's a stronger power, obviously. But. We have a couple guys on our teams who feel the same way. Then we have a couple guys that are like Matt. They all, you know. I actually gained my faith through the paranormal world. Yeah. I became a Christian through the paranormal world. As I say, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't knock that because, I, I, as I say, we've, we're, we're strange people. Because I've, I, found, I found that when people have a time in their life when it's a crisis or something's happened, it's funny how we all turn back to religion or whatever religion you believe in. We always, yeah. you know, I find it odd. Even though you may not be the greatest believer ever, you may be a complete atheist, atheist yeah, non-believer. I can't think of the word now. Um, but I, I think that's what we, do you think that's true? Or am I just thinking the wrong thoughts? where I've had questions about my faith. I mean, I will straight up let anybody know that I'm not a typical Christian at all. I'm not. But, like I said, my faith came through the paranormal field. And I know when I'm out there investigating in my personal beliefs, I know who's got me protected at the end of the day. And I think the main thing that everyone needs to remember is you don't have to be a Christian. You can, I mean, you can be an atheist and to just know that the earth is going to protect you if that's what you want to think. that need to happen to protect you and uh, I mean we 
we, we sage after every single investigation. That's not Christian beliefs, but that comes from the pagans. Yeah. A lot of pagan beliefs are intermixed with Christianity as well, aren't they? If you look at if you look at the deep history of most religions, they have got like pagan origins. Most most religions have pagan origins. Oh yeah, for sure. So, but like I was saying, I mean, I think you're spot on. A lot of people do lean on as soon as you know times times get tough. That's what they told us in the army. I said, I said, uh. There's no such thing as an accident in a box hole. As you get close to death, you scream out your last breath, you want to believe someone's listening. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Oh, that's scary as hell. <laughs> well, I, when I, I first experienced someone who died, because I used to work in care work, and this lady, uh, we had to attend in a room, and she was obviously dying at the time. And when she died, she let out a last gasp as you do. So something had gone to my body. Do you, you know what I mean? Because someone told me that they, people weigh the body after death and there's something like, there's a 20 gram difference in the body or something that they can't explain. I'm not too sure I'm right on that. I'm not, I, 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 Which I, makes sense. I mean, that makes complete sense because I have... I actually got a question the other day from another person in this field that uh, is a lead investigator for a team. He contacted me and he said, Matt, is it possible for a spirit to leave a foot a footprint in my snow or uh, you know, if they're if they're in the water and, you know, locked on dry land or something, the mud, whatever the case is, and I said I absolutely believe that because it just takes the right amount of energy manifesting and you they could easily do that. So for you, you know, for what you were saying as far as the weight difference, that is definitely energy. I think there's something we should look into a bit more because I've heard this quite often. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor and I wouldn't like to guess, but it would be interesting if you could talk to some people that work in a morgue or whatever and say, um, is there a weight difference? Obviously, they know they take out organs and all that, but before they do that, is there like a slight weight difference to what they were when they was alive to what they were when they were dead? It would be interesting to find that out, you know, what I think it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be definitely something to uh, look into. I'm sure, I'm sure we can find somebody that that's in that industry that the chat with. I mean, we know quite a few people around our little town, so uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely be cool to check that out. Because, uh, uh, like you say, you know, you're trying to do it from a scientific view, which is, I think, the best view to that most people think is the better view now because like you say you may be susceptible to voices or picking up on energies and that and some like you said some people are they, they don't know why they don't know why they've been chosen perhaps they've just got something in their brain that they've been born with and it, it's like a little um, 
pick up on that energy? I don't know. And I think that that has to be encouraged. If you have, a, like, like I said, if you have an experience in the paranormal world, you think, oh, there is something out there. I can't explain it. And then some, you get, you start getting silly little feelings. You know, not nothing major. Uh, you might pick up on something. Oh, I think this could happen today. Oh, I'm not going to say it happened, but you know something's going to be up. Something's wrong. Exactly. And also the church. Sorry, uh, the church, the the, the, the um, Catholic Church has an exorcism unit in the Vatican, I believe. Yeah. So why have they got that if they don't believe in the devil being around or evil spirits being around? No, I, I agree. I think the. I think the Vatican and the, whole, and the whole Catholic Church and all that stuff is really going on in that realm and and what and what you know what they got what we need to look for or deal with whenever that kind of stuff happens. They just they don't want to say anything for some reason. I think they know more than they let on. I think it's events that we don't know about. They don't want us to, they can't explain themselves. Because you look at miracles, right? I do believe yeah. that such a thing as a miracle exists. And nobody can fully understand it. Even medical doctors cannot explain certain events that say someone's come back from, and they, they, they physically could not have come back, not with even the greatest medical help around that we've got nowadays. And they just said they, and there's cases out there. I mean, I, I haven't read them up, but I know there's cases out there. But and people, doctors, even the biggest, the very best intelligent doctors cannot find out why this person survived. I kind of got back to uh, what we were discussing with the amount of the percentage of our brains we use. I mean, that could. Uh, that could be a huge factor of what happens with these uh, medical miracles anyway. I mean, that could be something that your subconscious is trying to uh, maybe get you in the right mindset, even if you're uh, comatose, maybe. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor either, but as far as, you know, a theory, that could be... That could be possible. I mean, that could be your mind telling, you know, trying to get your body to recover. Like, hey, do this or that. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but definitely a, definitely a good theory anyway. Have you got any upcoming investigations that people might be able to look at? Yes, we have uh, May 26th. We're hosting an event at Hell's Bar Dam in Guild, Tennessee. The tickets are $30 a piece, and uh, there will be an investigation from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m., and uh, we'll have all the equipment, and you all come out, and uh, whoever can make it that's could be potentially listening to the show, uh, we'll have all the equipment, you can come out, and we'll help you all investigate, and let you all have at it and uh, be there in case anybody needs help with anything and making sure nobody's getting provoking or anything like that because we do not allow that on our investigations. But, 
Yeah. We have that and uh, a couple historic homes coming up. So lots of lots of cool things happening. We start filming here soon with uh, Generation Truth TV. It's going to be aired on Amazon Prime and Netflix Roku in 2020. And, uh, yeah, lots of Monroe House in Indiana, which you might have seen on Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Groff.
and that, and and uh, she makes them herself, and that would that just blew out of the sky. So she, uh, that's become one of my most popular podcasts. Oh wow! And even when I put it on um, YouTube, it went quite well. And she says she has over a hundred, over a thousand followers since then, since that podcast. Wow, that's pretty sweet. I mean, I can't guarantee that. I'll do plan to check that out. Yeah, um, I'll try and send you the link. I'll um, look it up again. I've got it somewhere. I'll send that one. Okay, I'll, I'll send you that one as well, so you can listen back to it if, if you like. Oh, quite a helpful chat. Well, okay. Right, I shall finish this now, and then I shall do all the bits. If you could send a picture more than straight away for me, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I can do that as soon as we get off of here and uh, send you one of our group. Yeah, it shouldn't take long because, as you know, I'm very basic podcast. I'm talking to you by my smartphone, and I'm recording this on an Amazon Fire tablet. So that's as technical as I get. Hey, that works with us. That's uh, that's perfectly fine. That's what I did right there. It's worked for me so far. I've got over three thousand plus downloads on my site so far. Nice. And I only started, and I only started last year. So That's awesome right there. Yeah, not too shabby. So somebody must like it. So you're doing pretty well. Somebody must like my style. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it's a British accent, I don't know. Apparently British accents are a big, big, big thing over in America, but I don't know. Because I tend to get more American people than British people. I suppose because perhaps they just don't like me. Perhaps, perhaps they're wearing the wrong perfume or something. I don't know. That's all right. We like you. You seem like a nice guy. Okay. Thank you very much, sirs. Have a good day. Yes, sir. I'll get to send you this picture. We had a blast. Thank you very much. Bye then. All right. See you. Bye.